Welcome to the Seven Figure Summit Podcast. I'm Scott Bywater, the founder and CEO of Copywriting That Sells. We help entrepreneurs leverage their email list, websites, funnels, and ads to get high-quality leads via strategic copy written in your brand's voice. Just go to copywritingthatsells.com.au to see some of our success stories. Also, don't forget, the Seven Figure Summit is always looking for guests. Simply visit podcast.copywritingthatsells.com.au to apply. Welcome everyone to the Seven Figure Summit. And today I'm here with Ryan Rice. Now I'm super excited to interview Ryan because he knows a heck of a lot about systems and that's one of the foundations that's really helped him grow his uh, grow his companies. Uh, he's a global executive with decades of experience spanning the Americas, Europe and Asia. He's actually uh, been over to my part of the world in in Australia, in uh, to Adelaide, Sydney and Melbourne and lived in Singapore for some time. And he successfully founded three companies and worked as a global executive, leading hundreds of people and managing a $500 million product portfolio. Uh, he's got a massive passion for organizational change. So welcome, Ryan. It's great to great to have you. Thank you, Scott. Pleasure to be on your podcast. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, no. So, so, so I guess my first question is like, you've obviously achieved a lot in your, your career um, and you've scaled that seven figure mountain that so many people want to want to scale. What was it like when you were at the bottom of the mountain looking up? Like what was the question going on in, in your mind? What, yeah, what, what were those conversations like going on in your mind? Wow. Yeah. You know, I just uh, over the holidays, I just read Atomic Habits and it, it brought back some of these memories <laughs> of the <laughs> of the early times. Right. Um, I started my first company when I was 15 years old, uh, a small lawn care company. My youngest brother has grown it into a very sizable business with um, 50 some trucks and, you know, 70 plus employees and it's really, you know, so seeing that evolve over the years has really been something. But so I started that company when I was 15 years old, but then I went into corporate into the corporate world and I spent 17 years living all over the world, Philippines, Singapore, traveling all over Asia and Europe and North America and left that about eight years ago to start my most recent company. And uh, and I would say, what was it like at the beginning? Um it was exciting and terrifying both at the end simultaneously. And um, at the beginning, I got some initial clients and stuff in those first, uh, those first, I would say, couple of years. It was things were going well. And then one of the clients pulled back some work and, um, and I went through some real anxiety of, you know, how, who am I and how do I create value and all these and uh, some some real stress and anxiety in my brain that um, that was really really challenging. It was a difficult dark time, and uh, um, you know, getting through that and looking at the future and saying, "How am I going?" You know, I've been successful at building a you know entrepreneurial business in the past. I've been successful in the corporate world. I know that I can create value for people, but. It was a it was a whole different transformation of what does this look like and how how am I going to get there and um, there were definitely times of frustration and pain and fear and anxiety and uh, and those types of things for sure. Yeah, no, th- thanks for sharing that because I think that's something 
that you know perhaps isn't talked enough about is those emotions that go through because I've I've had it in my career where and I think it I think it goes with the consulting game in many ways because you you know you've got some big clients on board everything's like cruising and then you know maybe yeah, let's say you've got four clients and you know you might have one client that's making up 40 percent of your business and then they pull back or they stop and you're all of a sudden like hang on a second what's going on here yeah, yeah. so so that's a really interesting one and, and I find that it's this balance with consulting between this whole thing with you've got to have the capacity so you can take on more business and you've got to have the lead generation and the marketing strategies so you can actually bring in the business. Most of it's focused on the front end, right? Mm-hmm. But if you if you just focus on the front end, you're constantly stalling and you can never grow. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. So uh, so I think the so the real transformation for me came. I know the date. The date was March thirteenth of twenty twenty. Um, so let's say so you know, about a year before that, maybe was when I'd gone through this real period of anxiety and frustration and like, you know, why is this happening to me type of stuff that was going through my brain. And then most people remember roughly the time frame, March 13th of 2020, um, was really the beginning of COVID becoming a thing, right? Like we were hearing about it in the news and all these things. Um, it was one of my last real business trips. My business really transformed from traveling all the time to global clients to what it is now. But on that day, I lost every single client, every single project that I'd lined up because my business was completely built around going on site with clients. And uh, and so I literally that day on a five-hour drive for, on a, from back from my client, uh, lost every project that I had. And, uh, and I was looking back and I was like a year before, I'm like, all right, this is what was preparing me for this day. So I'm not going to go into depression. I'm going to look at this as an opportunity to transform what we're doing. And, uh, so, you know, so I I think that moment, um, when I started really looking at it and saying, I want to just focus on creating value for other people, on creating value in relationships, creating value for others, tapping into my past and my network and saying, how do we create value for others in the future? And that was really the moment of inflection where things started to take on their this new path of um, creating value for them, not, not looking at it like lead generation and how am I going to find new clients and how we but I said, I'm going to create value for people and I want to tap into my network of, of, of my team and start building a real system for growth. And that that transformation that started on that day is really what has helped propel us into where we're at at this time. Yeah, nice, nice. So and what sort of growth did you experience as you went as you from March 2020 to now? Like, how did that how did that play out? Yeah. So, yeah. So there were, we were like starting back over at $0 in revenue. It's there. What are we going to do? So what we've, what we've done since then, um, I've hired uh, a team. I've got a global team. I've got employees in Germany as well as in the Philippines. I've got contractors in the United States now, but at that time I had zero. It was, it was me and uh, it was me and my laptop and looking at it um, and saying, how are we going to do this in a different way? 
I started hiring on software developers to help me build a software platform based on, on the system, the optic system that we created. And I started hiring a business process outsourcing team to actually do some process transactions for some of our clients and, uh, and make sure that they were using the software platform that we were developing. So we could, you know, so I, I really started looking at this in, in terms of a system or a series of systems rather than, hi, my name is Ryan, I'm here to solve your problems. And, uh, and so that's what really enabled us to start hiring employees globally, start, um, you know, start bringing on subcontractors and, and developing, you know, far beyond what, what could have been possible uh, prior to COVID. Yeah, yeah, because you, you went from being a consultant, one-on-one -on -one sort of hired gun to really building out systems and workflows and that sort of yeah. thing so that you, and I guess that comes down to the capacity thing, right? So you had the capacity, so then your marketing could actually work to its full potential. But that's right. And and this, it's been an evolution all the way along because, um you know, when when you're a sole proprietor, sole proprietor, a single consultant, you, you're continually developing business and you're continually servicing your clients. So getting to getting beyond that, being able to move beyond that and uh, and move to a place where we've got a system and I've got a my second book is coming out in uh, the end of this first quarter and having a podcast and having you know, being able to do that type of uh, um uh, client development, business development, relationship development, and parallel with having a team of people who can start executing, um, you know, that's, it's a challenging balance, but, uh, but the, the further we get into that, the, the more I see it growing and, uh, and, uh, and evolving as we go. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's awesome. That's awesome. And where do you think, what do you think most consultants don't make that move like what do you think what do you think like looking at your challenges what do you think holds people back because that's I speak with a lot of consultants who are in that six-figure space and they they want to get they want to move to seven figures and they they they've yeah they've probably read the e-myth they're familiar with all the concepts and you know work on the business not in the business all of that sort of thing like it's not new to them but the execution is what I think lets us down. How do you actually execute? It's, it's, I, so the first part of your question, I think was what, what holds people back. And I think, um, I think a couple of things. Um, I think one of the primary ones is getting on that cycle of, I need to make money to keep this thing going and, and focusing on client delivery all the time and not focusing on building systems that can be scaled and can grow. And quite frankly, without COVID sort of forcing me to do that, I don't know where I'd be today exactly. Um, I think I think that moment when I said, look, I've got access to capital and I've got lots of free time, <laughs> all my projects disappeared. So uh, so those two things, right? Having, having uh, assets and having time, those two things really enabled me to uh, to make that shift. If it wasn't for that, um, I think it's hard to get off the treadmill of consulting. It's hard to say, well, 
I spend so much time developing business and I spend so much time servicing those clients and creating value and developing more business. So when I lose a client, I have more business and like getting on that treadmill and then not having the time, let's say, you know, like, so when are you going to build your system? You're going to build it in the evenings and weekends. Or if you're, you know, approaching 40, 50 years old, like I want to spend time with my family too, right? Like that, that balance and, and maintaining that balance, I think is incredibly hard for people, incredibly harder than I imagined it would be probably at the time. And, uh, and I think that's what holds a lot of people back from being able to make that leap and, uh, and move beyond being a, an individual consultant. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like that. I like that terminology, you know, the consulting treadmill, because I think it is a lot like that. Consultants are like, let's get, you know, okay, we need to get work. So then you go and get the work. Oh, we got too much work on. Let's stop the marketing. And then, and then the work stops. And then it's like, oh, we're going to turn on the marketing. And it's like this round, round and round the merry-go-round um, you go sort of thing. So how much work was it like how many hours how much did you invest to build that infrastructure so that you could move away from from that and change your business model yeah oh i'm i'm not exactly sure i mean i, I like look how much work was it it was incredibly hard like i it it was it took a ton of work um uh, i don't know that i really counted the hours um, I think, as I said, I think the, that sort of six months to a year, the first half or first year of COVID when, um, when I was just looking at it through the lens of I've got time, right. I was spending time with my family. We were actually, you know, camping and stuff. And I was just like, I had time to really start pulling together the team and pulling together the vision. So I'd say it was probably, probably a full year of, you know, doing some projects and stuff with clients, but at the same time, really focusing on building the system and stuff. And look, it's still evolving today, right? We've launched our second version of the software platform. My second book is launching in, a, in the next quarter. So there's a lot of that stuff still going on, but um, I would say it took probably a good six months to a year of really, really intensive work to really clarify the system and start getting it to um to a place where it started seeming like something not just <laughs> it, it it had to take form and it had to start taking on a form of its own and uh um i would say it's still taking that on today but um yeah it's it was a lot of effort yeah yeah no, absolutely that's uh that's that's great because because i think like looking at this, like as a consultant, really, because uh, I think there'll be a number of consultants listening to this, it's about playing the, it's, well, there's a term I, I I learned years ago called playing the long game. So you've got to be willing to play the long game. And it's very, because naturally we go for the short game, like sales this week. How do I make sales next week, next month, next yep. day? But it's like putting aside a section of your time, whether it's, let's say, 20% of your week, to actually build it out so that you actually thrive over the long term and you build something that you can that you can promote. I remember it, I, it was it was an investment in people, right? I had to hire a front end developer, I had to hire a back end developer, and explain to them exactly what I wanted the system to look like, and all of that was a cost to me. There was nobody else, you know, paying those those uh, those salaries and stuff, and uh, that 
you know, that long game of, I can see a vision of what this can be um, and investing in it, not just personal time and energy to help people understand it, but also the, the money, right? The money that I was spending to invest in the platform and, and create it. Um, all, all of those things are playing the long game. And, and uh, if, if you want to do something new, I mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And you backed yourself to actually, to actually do that, um, which is key. And and I think it reminds me a bit, I, I played, uh, I only played it once, but it was, it was incredibly eye-opening. Re, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant game. And one of my biggest takeaways from playing that was that as soon as I got out of the rat race, like things just like, escalated very quickly and I built wealth fast and all of that sort of thing in the, in the game. And I, I see that in, in business too, right? It sounds though, as soon as you got off that consulting treadmill, did things just explode once you got to a certain stage? Well, yeah. So I would say it's, um, we're still, we're still sort of in the process of it. It's like, there, there are days when I feel overwhelmed because, um, as as I look at you know revenue just keeps increasing year after year after year and you know I'm seeing the the increases in revenue you also have the increases in in cost that go along with it and and the reinvestment of I'm like boy this is great right like all right so we got revenue we got cash flow but imagine if we made optics 2.0 how much better it's going to be so you start reinvesting more into it and I think you know, seeing the sort of effect of that reinvestment in, you know, there's there's moments where I'm like, should I take some money off the table or I just keep dumping everything back in? And um, and so, yeah, I think the the explosion is not necessarily just in, you know, I haven't had like this massive explosion of just like extra cash just sitting around, but it's an explosion of ideas and and evolution of the system and and uh you know bringing on more people and and navigating all the challenges and opportunities that come with that it's uh um yeah so it's it's been quite an adventure <laughs> yes yeah no, a, 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 absolutely absolutely and and how how much more enjoyable is your work now or less enjoyable like how has your work changed and your life changed since sort of making that transition <sighs> Yeah, that's a it's an interesting uh, an interesting question. So, um, in some ways, it's much more enjoyable now. In some ways, in some ways, I still find myself pulled into being on the treadmill. So, this is probably one of the most challenging things for me. Is I still love solving people's problems, and I still love being in, engaged with clients. And so, bringing on other people and developing them and and uh, and helping them build their client bases and, and things like that is, is really incredibly enjoyable. You know, there are times when I still get sucked into, you know, doing, doing the consulting treadmill work and, um, and that balance, I don't know, I, I guess I'll, I don't know if I'll struggle that, with that the rest of my life, but I, I enjoy both pieces of it. And so sometimes as an entrepreneur, as a founder, taking a step back and saying, which one am I going to focus on more today or this week? is uh can be a challenge yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely and how did you find the sweet spot in the market like was there 
what was the thought process? And maybe you can also explain what you do and what problem you solve for business owners. Yeah. yeah and how you found that because it's often it's often finding that little niche where there's a, a bleeding neck problem which can cause a business to to explode yeah yeah so i think it was uh it was really an evolution and and the whole optic system pulls together five components of different things that i learned throughout my career both in entrepreneurial career as well as in working in the large corporations and working with global teams. So I pulled together these, these five steps of the optic system and, um, and being able to figure out what those five steps were and how they fit together. And more importantly, maybe as importantly, how they create value for our clients was, was really, um, you know, you're trying to figure all that out while servicing clients and building business and all this stuff. And uh, and so I'd say the um, what we do is we help organizations with the intersection of people and process. And what I mean by that is that there are like people consultants, human resources consultants who help with people and finding the right people in the right seats, things like that. There are process consultants who help solve process related problems. One of the biggest things that I learned early in my career was um, that processes are only good to the extent that they enable people to do something. And oftentimes what happens is you'll get folks who sort of focus on process or focus on people. But what you have to do is marry those two things together. And that's what we found some magic sauce around is when clients understand that just making a new process doesn't solve their problem. Just hiring a new person won't solve their problem. Um, but getting those two things working together, that's the magic sauce of the system that we created. And, uh, and that's what gets me so passionate. So figuring out those five steps that are each one of those steps creates value for the client and compels them to take the next step. Um, you know, figuring all of that out and looking at it through the client's perspective, through the client's eyes is, um, is, is really, I think, what, what started propelling things at a, at a much more rapid pace. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it sounds like you found that it's almost like through being in the game for so long, you could see the weaknesses with what was currently there uh, and you saw it as a problem and you decided you wanted to solve that problem right yeah. would that yeah. be accurate oh absolutely and 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 uh and figuring out a systematic way for doing that was uh was like my drive and passion and as as those pieces started to come together uh for example i've got a, a general contractor a, a client that's a pretty pretty good size um construction company and we started we started implementing the system and we ended up doing it over the past few years we've done it um, 34 different processes process sort of major problems we we found hundreds of gaps that have been closed the executive vice president called me up a while back and asked me if i if i wanted to come work for them because he said you know our process you know our you know how everything works here better than anybody <laughs> and and so it's like once I realized that the same system, the same optic system could be applied at every different area of their of their business, 
um, and, and how departments work together more effectively and the systems work together. Um, and, you know, once you do it 34 times with the client, you realize this is a software thing. This, this, this is repeatable. This isn't something that, uh, that's just one and done. Um, they kept paying to keep doing it. And, um, and I've found that same thing with manufacturing clients and service industry clients. And so we, you know, being able to solve those handoffs, solves those process gaps between departments is something that I really haven't found other systems do well. It's, it's something that we can do exceptionally well. And I haven't really seen that done well with, with any other systems that I've, uh, that I've observed. Yeah, no, that's great. So would you would you say, I, I imagine you're familiar with like the blue ocean methodology and that sort of thing. Would you say that you almost like, you looked at the, I remember one of the examples of blue ocean was like McDonald's. And at the time when they took off, there was no like affordable restaurants as an example where you could take your, where you, where you could take your family. And at that time that worked really well. Uh, so would you say that you found a, almost like a blue ocean by by doing that? I, I think I think we have. And I think that um, I think, you know, time will tell as, as the system continues to grow, as the software continues to grow, as our, you know, as our company, our organization continues to grow. Um, the I think that we found something that's really unique. So. There, I, I get people from time to time that will send me a, um, oh, look at this new process documentation software platform that's out there or, or you know, send me these type of things. And, um, and what, I, what I came to realize is that we have a software documentation platform, but the more important piece is that one level up from that, what are the systems that are happening within your organization that are breaking down? And how do your processes, those processes that you're documenting, how do those enable those breakdowns to not happen or enable those, uh, um, those problems to, uh, to be solved? So we've taken a very different approach to anything else that I've seen in the market. And I've looked at a bunch of the different you know, documentation platforms and things like this. And, and I think the way we're doing it, the, every time I work with a client, they're like, Ryan, you just make things so clear. And it just, you know, this is, um, so I really do think we found something different and, uh, and I'm, I'm just enjoying making an impact and creating value and developing those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what sort of businesses do you serve? Like, like, is it fortune 500 companies? Is it everyday small business owners? What's your sort of sweet spot in terms of clientele? Yeah, great question. So uh, it's, it, <laughs> You know, I hear a lot that we that finding a niche is the uh, is the thing that you should do as a as an entrepreneur to really scale and grow. And maybe that's true. Maybe I should niche down to something. But what we've actually found is we've got clients uh, across a pretty broad spectrum from, um, you know, private equity, multinationals, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar organizations. Uh, we've got we've got a number of those in um, you know, in the metals industry and in the paperboard industry, you know, like large multinational packaging type companies. Um, and, but we've also got companies that are, you know, $10 million in revenue and, um, you know, kind of a, the smaller, you know, on the smaller end, but growing distribution companies and manufacturing and services and construction. So the system that we've created is really 
agnostic to the industry. Um, it, it can be applied virtually anywhere. It's, it's more a matter of finding those problems that the system can help you to solve, like helping people understand those, those opportunities, including even I've been having some client conversations with AI companies and the ability to do these assessments and say, where can AI complement or where can AI support your um, solving some of these systemic problems within your organization? Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah that that opens up another whole can of worms, right? When you go down the AI, yeah, that's uh, that's that's awesome. So, and and so if I was a if I if if someone was a consultant listening to this, like they're really good at what they do, yeah, they've they've been doing it for a while. They're like world class, but they're they're on the treadmill. What advice, you know, based on your experience, based on what you've been through over the last you know three or four years? What advice would you give them? Yeah, so I think the biggest advice I would have is um, really focus on a system that enables clients to create value. Um, and you know, there's there's a lot of different systems out there. The you know EOS or EO or the you know, there's lots of different lean and six sigma. There's lots of different systems out there, but um, but I think figuring out a system that either is something unique to you or it's or it's becoming part of a system like an optics or a um, or a different type of business system that's out there. Um, but figuring out what system resonates with you, gets you passionate, gets you excited, that you can help solve problems. And then figuring out how that creates value for your customers is by far the most important piece. Because I think sometimes for me personally, I can look at it through my lens of, oh, I see this really exciting, shiny object. This is how I can solve problems. But unless the customer sees it, then it's really not that valuable. It's hard to sell it. It's hard to charge for it. It's hard to, like everything is hard. If you can figure out a system that enables consistency and that can be applied in, in different situations to create value, that's ultimately the thing you need to do to really create a scalable system and get off of that treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like it sounds like it's moving. If we were to sum that up, it's like sell a system, not a service. Yeah. Uh, is and, and obviously before you sell that system, make sure you've got something that matters to people that they want that they're excited about so it's it's easy to easy to sell do you do you operate on a membership i've just um in the process of reading a book called the membership economy and uh it definitely makes things obviously easier from a cash flow perspective do you operate on like a membership basis like where it's like the recurring revenue or do you have another model so we do. We have uh, we have a couple of different approaches. We do have some clients that are on a membership model where it's a um, it's a monthly uh, you know monthly fee basically that uh, that enables them to a certain amount of hours or a certain amount of support to you know. So we've got some higher end clients who are who are doing that some of that type of work. We've also got some group um, a, a group what we call Optics Forum that we're launching this year. And uh, we're getting some good interest around. So some of the folks who may not have the budget for a custom or personalized um, sort of optics support can get into an optics forum and learn together with other business leaders in uh, in non-competitive industries and um, and uh, and grow together. So so we've got sort of a subscription model like that. The other one 
um, that we do is a very sort of custom, hey, we're going to help, you know, we got consultants who have come in and do training and help with um, actually implementing at a very custom uh, sort of uh, approach. Yeah, no, that's that's that, that's great. And a number of seven-figure uh, sort of business owners that I've spoken to have talked about the importance of speed, uh, like speed in making decisions, not so much creating this amazing strategic plan, but just like getting it and the, the, the speed of making decisions. What what's your yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think that um yeah, the it's it's absolutely critical to make decisions to um and, and be decisive. And the, you know, going going back and forth or or not being sure, not having a clear vision of this is what we're gonna do. Um, creates lots of confusion for your employees and team. It creates confusion for your clients and potential clients. And, um, and so having some, some real clarity of this is who we are, this is what we do, and this is what we aren't, and this is what we don't do. Um, being able to make that distinction and, uh, and have some framework or some guiding principles that, uh, that your team can abide by, that your clients can, can know who you are and what you stand for, is really important to help make those decisions. Yeah, no, that's uh, that that's awesome. Well, no, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with us today, Ryan. If you like, if if people are listening to this and they want to be able to get in touch with you, find out more about what you do, grab your book. Uh, where where should they where should they go? Absolutely. So you could check us out op, uh, EPS Optics. Dot com is our website. So epsoptics.com is our website. Or you're also welcome to uh, link with me on LinkedIn, Ryan C. Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. Um, people are, are welcome to uh, to connect with me on LinkedIn. We've got a newsletter. We've got our uh, our company page there. And uh, and But if you go to our website, you'll be able to find the, the podcast that we've got. You'll be able to find... Uh, um, a registration page to register for a copy of my book when it when it comes out and uh, and all those types of things. So it's been a pleasure being on your uh, your podcast today, Scott. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, th- thanks so much, Ryan. And uh, yeah, really, really appreciate your time. Scott Bywater here, and thank you for listening to the Seven Figure Summit podcast. If you're a successful seven-figure entrepreneur who'd like to share your journey on this podcast, please visit podcast.copywritingthatsells.com.au. If you got something out of this interview, I'd love it if you could share this episode on social media. Likewise, if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Seven Figure Summit. There's nothing I love more than seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to my team and I. If you'd like to connect, go to copywritingthatsells.com.au or follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram under Scott Bywater. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.